Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to another great and fantastic episode of the Aviation Mentors Podcast. As most of you are, uh, we are extremely excited uh, for Oshkosh. It's coming up uh, very, very soon. Just I think I looked at the countdown meter and it was like 13 days or something earlier today. Uh, we're recording this on 7-11. It's 7-11 day, so go get your Slurpee, by the way. Uh, actually, it'll be the day after 7-11 day, so I'm actually hoping everybody got their Slurpee when you're listening to this because you can get them for free. That's the reminder I needed today. I, I completely forgot. It's been a long day, so a nice little uh, 7-Eleven slush doesn't sound too bad. It sounds great, actually. You should go grab one. Yeah, it's been hot. Yeah. So as you know, AirVenture turns Oshkosh uh, Airport in Wisconsin into the world's busiest airport for an entire week. It's busier than LAX. It's bigger than Chicago O'Hare. It's bigger than London Heathrow. I mean, it turns into more operations per day than any other airport in the world. Um, it's also the time before Oshkosh where pilots start to get their planes ready, their bags packed, friends and family uh, all excited to go. Uh, so we figured what better time to talk about what it's like to fly into Oshkosh. And obviously, Carson, I've done it before. You haven't. Uh, but hopefully you'll get to uh, next year. Unfortunately, this year is not going to happen for you. Yeah, I know. You know, you have the experience and you wouldn't let me take a plane to go fly in this year. So let's go start off with what kind of planning goes into flying into Oshkosh? Well, there's a lot of planning. As you know, Carson, you're setting up all the booth stuff for the trade show that we're doing. Uh, By the way, uh, come visit us. We'll be in the Stratus Financial booth all week, and uh, we'd love to meet you. And we're going to be doing live interviews there. So if you have a really cool story, uh, let us know. And we're actually probably going to do video interviews as well. So we're going to try to have a lot of content up this uh, next week. I know Phil is going to, uh, Phil, our producer, he's going to be absolutely very busy that week. Uh, and I don't know if he realizes it yet. So, Phil, get ready. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, uh, you should really read the Oshkosh brief, uh, briefing document. Uh, they used to call it the, the Oshkosh Notum, uh, but now they call it the Oshkosh Notice. I think they started that last year. Uh, they call it the Notice. And the Oshkosh Notice, I have it pulled up and how many pages is this thing? doesn't tell me how many pages, but it's like 80 or 100 pages or something ridiculous. Yeah, last year it was like 60 pages. I read the whole thing front to back, and that's why I didn't fly in this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's we'll get into the notum a little bit, but uh, I would say the notum is, is probably the most complicated and cumbersome document to kind of sift through. But when it really breaks down to it, you really only need a couple pages out of it uh, for whatever type of flying you're doing. Uh, you need to know if you're going to be in general uh, aviation camping, if you're going to be in home-built parking, if you're going to be um, at the FBO, uh, are you going to the seaplane area? Like, what exactly are you doing? Or even if you're a warbird. So there's different signs you're going to hold up and things like that. But really what matters to you is uh, how to enter the Fisk arrival, how to enter their other alternate arrivals that they have, and then how to depart uh, from Oshkosh. So those are the things that you really, really need to know uh, for uh, for the notum, you also should read the whole thing because it tells you when the airport's open from and when they're closed. Uh, for example, during all the air shows, they are closed. So the night air shows from eight to ten. Sunday, they're they're closed from the from one to four thirty, and I think during the entire week, uh, they're closed from two fifteen to six thirty, and that's because of the air show. 
So you're only allowed to fly in before or after that during daylight hours. And you have to make sure that the airport is actually open. So as you know, it's the world's busiest airport. So that comes with a lot of things that happen. Uh, There's usually a crash or five uh, that happens during Oshkosh. And it's very unfortunate. And I actually met somebody who who flipped over a Bristol uh, that he was landing one time. And uh, just a big crosswind hit him. Uh, There's also a lot of things going on. I mean, if you're a novice pilot, uh, it's very overwhelming. Uh, We'll talk about what it's like to land there in a a few minutes. Uh, So you also need to check your notams. Uh, You need to check those arrival procedures. Uh, You need to weigh everything because you're probably going camping under your wing. Uh, So make sure that you weigh everything. Literally, Carson would see me out on the ramp a day or two before or even at my house, actually. And I have like this little luggage scale and I would weigh everything. And then I would write on it with a Sharpie or I would use a a little post-it note and I would put how much it weighed because you're loading up an airplane to like its max limits. (laughs) You need to make sure that you can carry everything that you want to carry, especially if you're taking several people with you. I know uh, I took a a Cessna 340 there a few years ago and uh, that thing has a horrible useful load, by the way. I'm not a real big fan of that airplane. Uh, for that particular reason. And we could only go like two or two and a half hours of fuel range uh, at the most. I think it might have even been a little less than that. Maybe it was like an hour and 45 minutes with reserve, uh, what we were allowed to fly, which was absolutely horrible if you were trying to fly across the entire country. Uh, so make sure you weigh everything and uh, make sure you're not over overweight or worse, uh, out of balance. So There's also planning that goes involved in it, just besides just what stuff you need to bring and where you're going to camp and if you're going to stay at a hotel. By the way, you can't buy hotel rooms in Oshkosh unless you buy them almost a year ahead. Uh, There's a lot of things that really go into it. Um, Also, where you're going to stop for your cross-country because you're probably coming across the literal country or, in some cases, across the entire world. I know there's a lot of uh, Kiwis that uh, fly all the way up from Uh, from south of the equator. I mean, there's a lot of people that fly and do crazy flights to get to to Wisconsin for this one week of uh, aviation nirvana in heaven. So it is that crazy and that awesome. Yeah, it's it's an amazing experience. And it's like a a pilot mecca. Like everyone has to go once in their lifetime. It's it's an incredible thing to go and see. And you just have to go. And I didn't understand that until I actually went. Uh, Everyone's like, oh, have you been to Oshkosh? What did you think of Oshkosh? I was like, no, I haven't been. Um, and I didn't even know what it was when I first met Brandon that he asked me to go grab something from the hangar and it had a number written on it in Sharpie. And I said, and I was like, Brandon, what the heck is the, is the writing on that for? And he said, well, it's, that's for my weight. So when I go to Oshkosh, I know exactly how much the item weighs. And, uh, and, and ever since then he started telling me about Oshkosh Then Jim O'Brien showed me the video for it. And it just looks like a mass amount of people. Uh, and obviously it's a super hectic area to fly into, especially during air venture. Um, what's that kind of crowded airspace like? You know, I can imagine something similar to uh, to Lake Matthews, as we like to joke about, so busy there. But what's it like to actually fly into such a crowded airspace? By the way, everybody, Lake Matthews is a practice area uh, that we do a lot of flight training at or, or in that area. And there are a lot of flight schools in Southern California that all use that area. So just for that clarification. So it is really busy up there and they're always looking for airplanes. But in comparison to the arrival at Oshkosh. Uh, It makes a practice area that's busy look like child's play. (laughs) It really does. Uh, The first time I went to uh, Wisconsin, uh, I was with uh, Austin and his mom, and we flew in our Cessna 172. 
all the way there from Southern California. And we were loaded up to the gills uh, with stuff. Everything was was weighed. And uh, it was absolutely amazing, the whole trip there. But the busy airspace, when I got there, I watched videos and I thought I knew what to expect. And I talked to other pilots about what to do. Uh, but basically flying in close formation with about 150 of your other friends that you could all see surrounding you. And you're getting knocked around because everybody's wake turbulence is hitting each other. If you if there's a hundred 172s flying around and moons and twins and all every other type of plane you could ever imagine, that really uh, bumps you around even as much as you wouldn't think it would because it's just a small aircraft around you. But there's a lot of small aircraft around you, and I learned what to tell my passengers um, on that particular flight that no one told me, and that is there are going to be a lot of planes very close to you. And normally when I talk to my passengers, I tell them, "Hey, if you see any airplanes." let me know about it, right? When I, and I was a more novice pilot at this point. So before I would tell people and they would tell me, there's a plane to our right. There's a plane to our left. There's a plane to our right. There's a plane up. There's a plane down. And that type of talking actually makes me really anxious. So I've changed my tone over the years and I've actually instructed people on how to communicate with me in that type of high stress environment. And I want you to just tell me this, aircraft above aircraft below, aircraft in front, aircraft to our right, or tell me like a number, aircraft three o'clock, aircraft nine o'clock, aircraft two o'clock. And I want them to tell it to me in a very soft and demeanored way because flying into Oshkosh is already stressful enough. You already have read this note him 20 times because the first time you go, you're going to read it like the back of your hand. You're going to know it super, super well, right? And then but having all these aircraft around you and knowing that you're going to go have to land and watch several thousand people judge your landing. There's some people that have signs up that put them up. By the way, Carson, we should bring signs with us. Totally write that down. We're bringing signs with us to Oshkosh so we can rate our friends' landings that we see. <laughs> um, but you have a lot of people and it's a very high stress situation. So you want to try to de-stress it as much as humanly possible. And uh, that is by communicating with those people because literally there are planes everywhere in the air and you are very close. They tell you to be like a quarter or half a mile in transition behind each other. They don't want you spread out super far. They just want you spread out enough where you're not hitting each other. That's literally it. I mean, you're, you're not that spread out. And, and by the way, don't worry, I did write down the signs for rating landings. So Thank that is you. on my packing list. <laughs> um, you know, everyone's not, not spread out at all. And you can see that when you're on the ground. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to see it in the air. Uh, or maybe I will next year if you let me fly. But what's that like when all the planes actually get to their same destination? You know, everyone's going into the same airport. What's that like? What's, what's it like to land? Yeah, so everybody has to go on a special arrival that's uh, listed in the Oshkosh notice. And they have you go normally to Green Lake and then I think Fisk. I don't know. I guess I could look this up. I have it like right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> but you go the the Fisk arrival. You go from like Green Lake area or depending on where you're coming from. And then you go to the city of Ripon, and then you actually follow this railroad track to Fisk. And Fisk is where they are going to tell you to rock your wings. Everyone, I get goosebumps even like, or people bumps as I like to call them. Uh, just thinking about uh, rock your wings. It's the most exhilarating fun part of, of going to Oshkosh. Uh, well, second, second most exhilarating part. I'll get to the first in a second. Uh, but they tell you to rock your wings and that's how they're identifying you. They're 
They just say like white Cessna 172 or green Mooney or whatever it is. They just call you by your name because they're not calling your tail number because you're not talking to anybody the entire way that you're going in. Uh, You're just listening. (laughs) And then you'll have to rock your wings and you'll just literally turn your ailerons left and turn your ailerons right. By the way, I wish everybody could see me. I'm like moving my body in this video to the left and to the right of my chair. It's pretty comical. So luckily when we, we get to video soon, you get to to laugh at my, at my, uh, my, my movements that I do while, uh, while talking. It's pretty funny. Uh, but after that, they will send you over to, depending on which arrival you get, uh, or which runway they're using, uh, they'll go, you go from Fisk and they'll tell you to take the train track to like, if you're run, uh, landing runway two seven, which is the first runway I landed on over there, uh, they'll have you go to the gravel pit and then start a descent and they will literally land several aircraft at the same time, two or three airplanes at the same exact time. They'll either t- tell you to land on runway 27 uh, in this case, uh, which you don't want to have to land on runway 27. That's really for like jets and big airplanes. You want them to tell you what's awesome. And what's awesome is land on the green dot, land on the orange dot, or land on the white dot. Um, or if you're on a different runway, they could have a purple dot as well. Uh, but uh, I landed on the green dot the first year. And second year, I think I got the orange dot that I went uh, again. And then I got some other dot on runway uh, on one of the other runways, another another year. I think it was runway three six. Uh, they gave me a, I don't know. I th- yeah, I don't know what it was. But they've got blue dot, pink dot, yellow dot, purple dot. And then if you are a very small aircraft, you can get a red square or a green square. I will never have one of those because I just don't fly small enough airplanes to to ever get one of those. But uh, that by far is the coolest part about going to Oshkosh, and that's landing on that dot and landing with another airplane on the runway in front of you uh, and another airplane possibly behind you landing at the same exact time. And that is what is exhilarating. Yeah, there, there is absolutely no room for error uh, when you're landing on the same runway with two or three other planes at the same time. But w- once you actually land, where do you where do you go park? How do you where are the ground operations like, I guess, is a good question. Yeah, absolutely. So after you land on your dot or... If you get, unfortunately, they hand you a number, but they, they'll 99% of the time, they'll, they'll tell you to land on the dot. It's, it's like what Oshkosh is known for. I mean, landing on the green dot or the orange dot, that's the thing that people want to do. Um, and it sounds so crazy, but it, it's what I wanted to do. They, they actually sell the t-shirts for, you know, I landed on whatever dot at Oshkosh. And there was a guy that was a couple of campers down from us. And every day he had a different shirt because he'd been there so many times and flown in. So he collected all the t-shirts. That's pretty awesome. The first year I went, they were sold out of the t-shirts uh, for landing on the dot. So my first year that I went in 2016, I think was my first year that I flew in. I went in 2014 and 15, but I didn't fly in. And they were, they were sold out of those shirts. Like they sell out of them like day one. And of course I got there on like day four or something. Then now I get there on the first day because all the fun parties uh, happen on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday nights. So Uh, If you don't know about the Oshkosh parties and you're going to Oshkosh uh, and you want to go to any of them, please let me know. Uh, Reach out to us. I know where all of them are at uh, and I know where all the cool people hang out. And it's like one of the things that I start looking for around this time, actually, every uh, every year. And I find all of them and I get invited to a bunch of them, too. So if anybody wants to go, you let me know. Uh, We're not going to invite Carson, though. I I don't think he deserves to go. He needs to keep working. Right, Carson? Yeah, I'll be working at the booth all day. I'll probably uh, just camp in the camper when I got home. 
Yep. Go back to go to sleep right away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're all going to have a great time there. Um, there's always good people, great conversations. That's how I met Bob Hoover. I went to one of those after parties. It was pretty neat. Uh, but back to your question that you asked, what are the ground operations like? So inside that notice, the Oshkosh notice, they also talk about ground operations, but you're just watching a bunch of flag, flag men and flag women uh, flag you around. And you actually have to print out a sign well, first off, you get off the runway and you would think, oh, I'm going to go to the end of the runway. No, no, no. You don't go to the end of the runway. You get yelled at if you go to the end of the runway. <laughs> you land and you get off in the grass on the side of the runway. Uh, that's the appropriate thing to do. And uh, they don't care if you have a large twin or if you have a little 172 or if you're in a home-built aircraft that holds one or two people. You're getting off on that grass. Uh, they will make some some special stuff for, I guess, big aircraft like jets and stuff. They won't make you get on the grass, but uh, but I would like to see them do that. That would be kind of neat, but I think they'd probably get stuck. I mean, they're a little too heavy to probably go on that grass area. Probably. Um, I, th- I think they park them on the opposite side. So everyone gets off, you know, towards Oshkosh. And I think the, all the jets and big ones get off towards, uh, off the right side. Yeah, you're right. On on 2-7 at least, that's exactly what happens. But they could have runways closed or you could have have, could have to land on one of the crosswind runways they're using all the runways that are available to them so if you've got one of the crosswind runways you might be landing in like a 15 knot crosswind or something i mean and then if you have general aviation camping sign you may actually have to look at all the flag flagmen and taxi all the way around the airport it could take you like 30 or 40 minutes to get to wherever you're going Um, i know that when i camp uh, under my wing my favorite place to camp is north 40 and you really can't choose where they put you. But what I do is I always put a sign in my window. Besides general aircraft camping, I put a sign in my window that says North 40. And I have another sign that says, please. And, and I've used that twice. And it actually works. I mean, everybody at Oshkosh is there to have a great time. They're all volunteers. And they're just having a total blast. So you'll end up getting to your parking space, wherever that may be, with generally aviation camping or generally aviation parking or warbirds or whatever it might be. You're going you're gonna to get there that way. That's so funny. I, I forgot the last year um, or two years ago when you'd flown, you asked me to print out that sign for you. And I, I didn't know what it was for, but you said print out in huge letters, North 40, another one that says please. That, that was so funny. Uh, but that brings up another good point. What's it like camping with your airplane? Yeah, we talked about it one of our first episodes uh, about camping with the airplane. And what's it like in Oshkosh, though? Well, camping with the airplane is a blast. Uh, First off, you are probably at the end or the side of a runway, so you get to watch airplanes take off and land all day long. Um, Don't expect to sleep in because at 7 a.m., airplanes and jets are going to start taking off right over your head, and they will they will rock your tent. Uh, It will will destroy it. but it's just like building a camping site. I mean, I build a camping site over the years. I've gotten better at it, just like most people do. The first time you go camping, you might have a sleeping bag and a and a tent and and a little bit of food, and that's about it. Uh, over the years, I got a little more sophisticated, and I bring all sorts of stuff where it turns it into like an entire camping area. Some people get extra spaces and build entire like I don't know the word. I want to say camp because it is a camp, but they build it with giant tents and not just sleeping tents, like giant tents for for food, and they. They put 30 people in there for lunch and, and people do that for like Cessna's to Oshkosh or Bonanza's to Osh, things like that. So it's really, it's really quite awesome the way that they, uh, uh, that people set up outside of that, 
you have to be prepared for all the different weather. <laughs> um, there's been a couple times where Oshkosh has turned into Sloshkosh. Uh, it gets so rainy and wet. We had a tornado warning one year. Uh, that was a couple years ago. And that day, I was so over it because it was so wet. It was so nasty there. I couldn't deal with it. And my friend Johnny was with me. And then we had a bunch of people with us too, including the, a bunch of kids. And we could not take it anymore. We were done. We decided we were going to go try to find a hotel somewhere. And somehow the Super 8 had hotel rooms for a thousand bucks a night. And it was absolutely insane. And we got two rooms. We got one for us and he got one for him and his girlfriend. And uh, we all crammed into these hotel rooms or like four or five of us to each room. And we stayed in that for like the the last four or five days or uh, maybe it wasn't four. It was three or four. It was very expensive and it was worth every single penny of it. I mean, I would have done that in a heartbeat again because I just could not deal with how much, how wet and rainy it was. And there's a lot of people who forget to uh, bring wood boards and put them under their wheels. By the way, if you don't put wooden boards under your wheels, uh, you will start sinking because of all the, the wetness and things like that. Sometimes you can't get your aircraft out. You have to get very creative on getting your aircraft out of these fields uh, because the grass grows up and there's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, by the way, there's even people who bring lawnmowers and mow their lawns, mow the grass down because sometimes the grass is just way too overgrown because maybe they they cut it in like the middle the beginning of June or something and the grass is just way overgrown. So sometimes you deal with that stuff too. Uh, it's quite unpredictable. And the tornado alert was pretty nuts. I mean, they told everybody to uh, to pack your stuff evacuate and they had everybody go into i think it was the museum and somewhere else they evacuated everyone to and we stayed in that hotel uh, it was absolutely crazy yeah it was crazy uh since we're exhibiting i just got a document today and it was telling us you know what to do in, in an emergency and have plans and everything um and i was like okay what kind of emergencies all weather related emergencies and they have like evacuation buses that'll come and pick people up uh, go to museums, locations, uh, not stuff that we think about because we don't have crazy weather like that here. Not in Southern California, we don't. But uh, in Wisconsin, they have very unpredictable, crazy weather uh, sometimes. And literally, it can be 110 one day and humid. And the next day, it will be cold and raining. Uh, it's never snowed, as far as I know, at at, uh, at AirVenture. Uh, but I wouldn't put it past it. I mean, nothing would surprise me. Uh, last year, we actually had a really pleasant year. I think that was the first year you went, right, Carson? Was it pleasant? I don't remember. I, they kind of all go together nowadays. We got there, and you said, set up as quick as we can. And I was like, why? Um, and you're like, it's coming. And I was like, what, what, what are you talking about? What's coming? You're like, the bad weather. As soon as we got everything set up, uh, we got the tarp on the floor, and we're ready, it started pouring. And it, it rained for like three or four hours, just a couple inches. It was nuts. Um, and then we went over to Jim O'Brien's camp and they were out there just holding on to the, the easy up so it wouldn't fly away. But then after that, it was perfect. So that was my, my only experience with Sloshkosh. Yeah, we, we got rid of the bad weather quickly. I forgot that's what happened. I remembered it was decent weather last year, but there was bad one before, right? We always, we always get rid of the bad things out of our mind and focus on the good, which, which is a good thing, I guess, right? Yeah, but it was, it was a pretty good, good shot for a first year. Uh, so we'll see how this first year goes for, uh couple of people that are going with us. That'll be pretty fun. But flying in is, is really only half the battle when it comes to getting Oshkosh. So what's it like to fly out? Uh, like how do you get the plane out if you're leaving early and you have people around you? Well, first off, 
uh, make sure that you ask for fuel from the fuel people a few days early. Uh, it will take a couple days for you to uh, get your fuel fuel order, and then you have to go pay for it. And there's different things you have to do that that you'll learn. Uh, but you can leave as early as you want. Uh, you just have to leave within those windows that are listed on the notice, uh, the Oshkosh notice. So that's pretty easy to do. Uh, you can leave. You just have to look for the flag people. They will tell you exactly how to get out. And then they will actually call you by your tail number. Um, or sometimes they'll just call you by your airplane or Cessna next up online, uh, cleared for takeoff, runway 27 or whatever it is. And they'll just have you go out. And then you have to fly the Oshkosh notice to get out as well. Like you have to fly a certain number of miles outward and then you can turn on course. But at that time, it's going to be really busy and there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So you really have to kind of keep an eye out uh, for uh, for all the other aircraft that are leaving. It's going to be just as busy leaving. But once you leave, it, it obviously, the further you go, it spreads out a little bit more. So it's really not that hard, to be honest. Uh, but uh, you need to be prepared for potential delays. There's quite a few delays that'll happen and weather's going to be the biggest one, right? I have on the way to Oshkosh and leaving Oshkosh, I have ended up at other airports. Uh, there's also possibilities the airport can close down. Like I mentioned, a lot of airplanes unfortunately crash at the show every year uh, for various reasons, uh, typically on landing, always on landing. Uh, but the problem is you might not be able to get into Oshkosh. They may run out of spaces for your airplane. So they only have so many twin spaces. And then once they're filled up, you have to go elsewhere. They only have so many uh, types of spaces. They really, they, it's the Experimental Aircraft um, Association. So they want experimental aircraft there. So they're going to prioritize them, obviously. Uh, so, But if you're in a bigger airplane, you might not have a place to camp. Uh, you may have to go to one of the, the other airports like Fond du Lac or uh, Appleton. I've ended up at Fond du Lac before and we started to unload our stuff and then we overheard that Oshkosh was open to twins again. It took me an hour to get out of Fond du Lac and I was number two in the line to leave, by the way. That's how crazy it was because so many people were leaving. And uh, we we took off and then we went over to Oshkosh and luckily we were able to get a spot there because we didn't really want to camp off airport. We wanted to camp on airport, which which was the fun of it, right? So just be prepared for the unexpected. Like I tell everybody uh, when they're when they're doing IFR, I say, be prepared for something that you're not expecting whatsoever because ATC is going to tell you something. Something's going to come as a curveball to you. You're not going to expect it. Uh, bring extra oil. Uh, bring a little bit of tools so you're not stuck somewhere in case something happens. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. I, I was flying there and I had an oil leak really bad once. Um, and we were able to limp our way there and... And we were able to get a new oil cooler installed on premise. There's A&Ps that work there. Um, but those you have to call a couple days in advance as well. And it can't be very major. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but the biggest thing is be prepared to either leave early from, from uh, AirVenture or leave late. So I always normally plan to get in on the Friday or Saturday before AirVenture. Uh, I like to get in a couple days early because then I'm guaranteed a spot. Uh, I think on Friday the or Thursday the twentieth is when the Oshkosh Notum goes into effect. Uh, I believe so. Is that right, Carson? I can't. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You you wouldn't let me fly in this year. Uh, not that I'm upset about it or anything. So I didn't look at the Notum. <laughs> yeah, it's noon Central Time on July twentieth. It's next Thursday. Uh, so that's when the Oshkosh Notice is um, has the special flight procedures in effect, and that's in effect until 
uh, noon on July 31st, the day that we leave, uh, this year at least. <laughs> but typical years when I've flown there or even when I've camped, I generally plan to get there a couple days before the show starts, but I still want to fly the NOTAM. And then, uh, and that way I'm guaranteed a parking spot, a camping spot. And then we end up leaving normally based on weather. I make sure to stay for the Wednesday night air show, but I've left on Thursday, I've left on Friday, and I've left on Saturday. Most of the time I leave on uh, Friday is normally my goal. And then I end up getting back home by Sunday at the latest because it takes a couple days to get back. So that is kind of what I would say if you're planning on leaving early or, or something like that, that would be, I mean, just plan for the unexpected. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that is unexpected when you're going and flying across the country. Uh, you can't plan for everything that's going to happen. So what lessons did you learn from, you know, the, even between the first time you went and the last time you went? Uh, I'm sure there was a ton. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've learned a lot of lessons. I think I've mentioned several of them on here. But uh, the, the first time I went, I, I learned how to communicate with my passengers better and to really just understand what's happening uh, in, in the arrival. The arrival is the most stressful part of it. Uh, once you do it, it's no big deal. I've been told by a bunch of people after you do it, it's no big deal. Um, and it isn't. You just have to be prepared for the amount of aircraft that are in the air. And it's a high-stress situation, just like landing or approaching to landing. Uh, so if you can, take somebody who's already done it once before. Take them with you. Um, I would recommend it. I mean, it's not necessary. You don't have to. I didn't do that. Uh, but I guarantee it'll make your life easier. You'll feel a little bit better about it. And uh, it'll be it'll be really enjoyable that way, right? And then the last time I went, I haven't flown in uh, for a few years now. I've been, uh, we took a camper last year and uh, this year we're, we're flying commercially in and uh, having trailers delivered to us because there's so many of us at our, at our Stratus camp, uh, we call it. By the way, we're going to have a lot of fun at that Stratus camp. Everyone needs to show up. Uh, so I just learned to plan uh, ahead even earlier. I mean, when Carson and I started talking about our spaces we want because we want full hookup spaces. Uh, when we talked about those those full hookup spaces, I told Carson in May to mark the calendar for the morning of when the spaces come out, which was like, I don't know, I think the 30th of June or something. Uh, yeah, it was. It was 30th of June. And I said, I need you on there first thing in the morning. And of course, we both got busy and we didn't think about it until halfway through the day. And all the spots that we wanted were all gone. And it was like three hours later. So try to plan as early as humanly possible. Uh, especially if you want to stay at a hotel, you got to plan really early. Uh, there's going to be a lot of cars that are <laughs> that just foul up all the roads around there too. Uh, all the roads are going to be closed. They're all going to be one-way streets temporarily for a week. Uh, so just expect the unexpected and just go with the flow. Don't be stressed. Um, just relax. And yeah, I would say going with the flow is probably the best, the best advice I can give anybody because you have no idea what will happen. Just anything can happen at, at AirVenture. It's, it's that cool. Especially if you haven't been before. There's, there's a lot to it. Uh, you know, since Brandon again, well, let me fly this year and we're gonna have to fly together next year if, if I had to fly with uh, someone that's gone before. Uh, but you know, I can only look forward to the first time I get the opportunity to go and fly into AirVenture. Uh, it's like a badge of honor in aviation. Like, oh yeah, I've flown to Oshkosh. Like, it's a really cool thing to go and do. And I know there's a ton of prep that goes into flying into and out of it, but it's an incredible experience to even just go and see Oshkosh from the ground. And really hope this episode sparks some interest into flying and seeing AirVenture, um, as, as if we weren't, of course, already excited enough for it. Absolutely. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you uh, uh, your bright and shiny, happy faces over there. Uh, but as always, if you want to reach out to either one of us or if you want to ask us any questions about Oshkosh, 
um, or how to get into Oshkosh or get out uh, via airplane, feel free and, uh, and shoot us a, an email. Uh, mine, of course, is Brandon at AviationMentors.com. Carson's at Carson at AviationMentors.com. And I've mentioned it a couple times. Make sure you come see us at our booth. Uh, we're in the Aircraft Spruce Building. I think it is Hangar B, as in Bravo, Carson. You're going to have to double check the which hangar we're in. Uh, but we are in the southeast hangar of the four hangars that are uh, at Oshkosh. Actually, I take that back. The northeast hangar of the four hangars that are in Oshkosh. Um, and it's the Aircraft Spruce Building. So if you find the Aircraft Spruce Building, that's where we're going to be at. You'll be able to find us there. Um, but we're in an indoors booth. And uh, the booth number is 1053 and 1054. So I'm looking forward to seeing all of you there. I hope you learned something out of today's episode. I really enjoyed talking about it. Uh, as you can tell, uh, Oshkosh is one of my favorite places to uh, go to every year. And uh, I couldn't even dream about missing it this year. So I'm really excited to see see everyone soon. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to see everyone and, and meet more of our listeners. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. <laughs>